0: Welcome to Club Core, an interdisciplinary podcast exploring science stories. I'm your host, Dr. Angel Core, an assistant professor of neuroscience at UNC Asheville. Each episode of this podcast is created by undergraduate students enrolled in one of my courses. So join us as we delve into a variety of topics with one simple goal to get it less wrong. This week, we bring you a story about PTSD. Undergraduate senior Christine Moad digs into a 2016 study looking at changes in gray matter in the brains of patients diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder, and tells us what it could mean for potential treatments. So here's Episode 10, Gray Matter of PTSD.
1: Today, we're going to explore a recent study published in Nature on the changes in gray matter in specific brain regions in patients with PTSD, or post-traumatic stress disorder. By using MRIs and other neuroimaging tools, such as voxel-based morphometry, Meng and the other contributors to this study were able to find differences in gray matter density of single event traumas compared to long perpetual trauma. These findings indicate that the type of event or events that are the cause of PTSD activate and affect different brain regions and therefore Could play an important role in determining which method of treatment would be optimal for patients with PTSD. Later in the podcast, we will go deeper into exactly where these changes are found and how these changes relate to different symptoms of PTSD, and therefore treatment options. But first, we'll learn about the criteria for the diagnosis of PTSD and its symptoms. Following that, we will examine the functions of the brain regions and pathways that play a large role in the symptoms of PTSD. And connect these findings to the study of Meng's. From there, we will then go over treatment methods and what our findings may mean for the future. What comes to mind when you think about PTSD? For many people, it's war veterans, flashbacks, or maybe uncontrolled outbursts of anger. And while all these are correct and are symptoms of PTSD, there are only parts of this whole complex disorder. PTSD is the only mental illness with a known cause. Our paper defines this cause as an event that threatens one's physical integrity or that of others. PTSD was just recently changed from being classified as an anxiety disorder to a trauma and stressor-related disorder. A whole new chapter just added to the DSM-5. Criteria for diagnosis of PTSD and all other mental disorders are outlined in the DSM-5. For PTSD, the first and main criteria for diagnosis is exposure to a traumatic event. Traumatic events are defined to include actual or threatened death, serious injury, or sexual violence. People must be exposed to trauma in at least one of four ways either 1. directly experiencing the trauma, 2. witnessing the trauma in person, 3. learning of the traumatic event or events happening to a family member or close friend, or 4. Experiencing repeated or extreme exposure to aversive details of the traumatic event. PTSD patients must also show at least one symptom of each of the following categories intrusion, avoidance, negative alterations in cognition and mood, and alterations in arousal and reactivity. Symptoms of intrusion include recurrent intrusive memories, recurrent dreams, dissociative reactions such as flashbacks and intense or prolonged reactions to triggers. Symptoms of avoidance include avoiding memories or reminders such as people, situations, or objects. Negative alterations in cognition and mood include the inability to remember details of the traumatic event, having exaggerated negative beliefs about oneself, others, or the world, blaming oneself or others for the traumatic event, and also the inability to experience positive emotions. Alterations in arousal are defined by hypervigilance, angry outbursts, self-harming behavior, an exaggerated startle response, difficulty concentrating, and sleep disturbances. These symptoms must persist for at least one month after the traumatic event or events and cause significant impairment in life functioning. It is important to note that not everybody who experiences a traumatic event will develop PTSD. In fact, only 20% of trauma-exposed people will develop PTSD. That being said, there are certain factors that increase likelihood of PTSD development, one of which is the type of trauma. It has been found that sexual abuse causes a higher rate of PTSD than other traumas. This is why, in the study we're investigating today, Trauma-specific alterations in gray matter were explored, and differences, which we'll go into later, were found. Experiencing multiple traumatic events also increases likelihood of developing PTSD, and is why our study looks at the differences in brain structures in single-incident versus prolonged trauma. Now that we've defined the criteria for PTSD diagnosis, it's time to dive into the neurobiology of PTSD and discuss the brain structure and circuits involved. So what, to our knowledge, happens to the brain of somebody with PTSD? Well, as you probably recall, at least one traumatic event must occur in order for PTSD to be developed. This traumatic event enacts the human stress response, a natural system that, because of the experienced traumatic event, becomes overactive in people who suffer from PTSD. In the study we're looking at today, most changes in gray matter are found to be in the prefrontal limbic striatal system. This system includes the anterior cingulate cortex, or the ACC, the medial prefrontal cortex, the MPFC, the striatum, insula, amygdala, and hippocampus. Okay, so that was a lot of confusing brain terms all at once, so let's take the time to break it down and actually understand what all of that means. First off, our study looks at changes in gray matter. There are two types of matter in the brain, gray and white. Gray matter contains most of the cell bodies of neurons and is involved in memory, decision-making, self-control, and perception. So, changes in gray matter would cause changes in these crucial functions, which, as we talked about earlier, all play a role in PTSD symptoms. Now that we've defined what we are measuring and why, let's start looking at the functions of specific brain structures and how they're affected by both single event traumas and perpetual trauma events. Our first brain region will be the amygdala. The amygdala is a primitive region of the brain and it's involved in processing emotions. It is the amygdala that allows us to evaluate an external stimulus, in this case it would be stress, and initiate an appropriate response. It does this by sending signals to different parts of the brain. The problem in patients with PTSD is that the amygdala is constantly activated, and therefore results in the stimulating symptoms we talked about earlier, such as hypervigilance and a constant perception of fear that follows the trauma. One brain region that the amygdala sends signals to, and is part of the prefrontal limbic striatal system looked at in this study, is the hippocampus. The signal from the amygdala to the hippocampus is important for emotional memory storage and spatial learning. Our study, along with previous studies, found reduction in the gray matter in the hippocampus and PTSD patients. This reduction in hippocampal gray matter was found in both types of trauma, but more prevalent in single incident traumas. This reduction is a probable explanation for the memory loss of emotional events seen in people with PTSD. The amygdala also sends signals to the striatum. The striatum functions in decision-making, reward perception, and motivation. Reduction of gray matter in the striatum was found in both single event and prolonged traumas. But in prolonged traumas, reduction was found to be more significant in the left striatum. The avoidance behavior seen in patients is likely a result from the reduction in the striatal gray matter. Another target of the amygdala is the limbic cortex. Which contains both the anterior cingulate cortex, or the ACC, and the medial prefrontal cortex, or the MPFC. The ACC is a crucial part of fear conditioning. The degeneration in the ACC was primarily found in single event traumas and may facilitate the hypervigilance and increased startle response seen in patients. Reduction in gray matter in the medial prefrontal cortex was also found to be more prevalent in single event traumas. The medial prefrontal cortex is important for decision-making and may facilitate the increased perception of fear to ambiguous stimuli seen in PTSD. The greater reduction of gray matter in the ACC and MPFC in single-event traumas but not prolonged traumas suggests that the MPFC limbic striatal system may be the primary brain region affected by single-event traumas. Prolonged traumas were found to result in gray matter reduction in the middle temporal gyrus, or the MTG. These changes were not found in single-event traumas and are thought to be attributed to memory loss. The changes in the MTG are specific to prolonged trauma, therefore supporting the idea that brain regions affected in patients with PTSD are trauma-specific. Differences in gray matter alterations in single-event traumas compared to gray matter alterations in those with prolonged traumas may give us insight on more specific and better treatment options for those suffering with PTSD. For example, designing drugs that act on specific brain regions affected. One treatment target is the adrenergic system, inhibiting excessive alpha-1 and beta receptor activation. Along with augmenting the inhibitory influence of alpha 2 adrenergic receptors, has been thought to play a role in reducing amygdala activation, enhancing prefrontal cortex function, and inhibiting cortical structures. If we could adapt medicine to specifically target receptors that are found to be involved in brain regions related to single event trauma or prolonged trauma, then we could possibly see more effective outcomes. Another current treatment idea. Is the promotion of neurogenesis through reversal of neurotoxicity seen from calcium influx in patients with PTSD? This method would really be enhanced by targeting specific brain regions such as the MTG, a region found to be specific to prolonged trauma. Due to the uncontrollable stress of PTSD, it has been thought that the administration of dopamine antagonists may relieve acute reactions. That would inhibit the development of PTSD in the future. If the dopamine antagonist could be engineered to work specifically on receptors found in effective brain regions, there could be an enhancement in effectiveness of the drug's action on diminishing the symptoms of PTSD. Although these findings give us some conclusions, there are some limitations that need to be taken into account. something to take into consideration is the difficulty in determining whether gray matter reductions are a predisposition or a consequence of PTSD, so if they come before or after? Overall, this study found that there's a difference in type of trauma and the brain regions affected. This peels back another layer of the already complex disease and gives us some direction on treatment options. The more we learn about the PTSD, the more helpful we can be to people in our community who suffer from this disease. Research should continue on how different trauma types can cause different symptoms and affect different brain regions so that treatments can become more specific and as efficient as possible for those who suffer from the disease.
0: Club Corps is produced by a multidisciplinary team of students at UNC Asheville. This episode was researched, scripted, and hosted by Christine Moad as part of a neuropharmacology class project during fall 2016. Christine did her own recording and editing with additional sound engineering by me, Angel Core. Jessica Fox wrote our theme music. Special thanks to Christine and the six other students who were part of the very first podcast assignment experiment in 2016. And thank you for listening. You can find show notes, including links to the research discussed in this episode, at clubcore.com podcast episode 10. If you liked this episode, please share, subscribe, and review. And if you have a question you'd like us to explore, drop us a line. You can find me, Angel Core, on all the socials at Club Core. We'd love to tell your science stories so we can all get it less wrong. Until next time.